listening to the Sandcast. It's Wednesday, so we're coming out with another episode. And um, Travis and I are here. We are brought <laughs> I'm to sorry, you did you Wilson. say it's Wednesday? <laughs> when, it's Wednesday. <laughs> I'm going to get to that. So it's, the episode's right. coming out on Wednesday, but we're recording on Monday. I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> and that right there is our guest, ladies and gentlemen. He is another Wilson ambassador. Uh, and uh, he's holding it down over in Europe, in Rome, I believe. Yep. Adrian Carambula. What's happening, buddy? What's going on, guys? Nice, nice hearing, nice seeing you. <laughs> yeah. Nice congrats, congrats on your last uh, event win. I saw the whole thing. That was nice yeah, to see. It was nice to get uh, some reps in with that Wilson ball. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was I was thinking about it earlier. I was like. I remember the Mikasa is like, it's tough to pass uh, your, your sky ball either way. But with the Wilson, like that thing, you could probably wrap your hand around that thing even more, right? I'm trying yeah, to remember sure. back to the AVP days. Yeah, it's like I get more grip and I can control it better. And yeah. just with a little bit of wind, you don't need as much as a wind to get the ball to move. So yeah. I think I can get more spin on it. So, yeah, so you could probably I'm excited. Get that under the yeah. net even <laughs> yeah oh love it that's uh hopefully I'm, hopefully in the future huh yeah exactly that's what we're trying to push for is get the wilson ball on the world tour i've i've heard yeah. that's like uh kind of close to happening i don't know I, I feel like you never know where rumors in the beach come from it's but. it's bittersweet i feel like there are gonna be some nice rallies but this defense uh this ball on defense pops up uh, mm. easier but I feel like the jumpsters are coming super hot with this ball Oh yeah. but it's also easier to pass you know that, that Mikasa you hit it not in the right spot and that thing comes toxic floating it's like a mess so yeah I feel like it opens your game up even more like the way you can like get on top of it and yeah it it's laugh. it's I prefer this uh, the Wilson as far as manipulating the ball and and just shooting with more just be more aggressive when it comes to shooting. Yeah. The Mikasa, you kind of got to be a little more like snaky with it. Yeah, this one you can, yeah, this one you can like follow through and that thing will just go nicely. It'll actually be interesting to see like what players thrive more when, if the ball switches and what players don't, you know, on the world tour. Cause I mean, world tour players have never played with Wilson. A lot of them. I think, I think for sure the jump, the, the jump servers, like the Evandros, the, yeah. uh, the boys oh from Netherlands, God. even like a Bruno and Fija, like those, those defenders that really, they're going to be able to put that ball anywhere. It's going to be, yeah. it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, how, uh, how's your year been? Adrian, a little bit different for everyone than normal, um, obviously. But uh, what have you what have you been able to uh, to do over there since since quarantine started? Because you guys, Try was able to at least play in Doha, but you guys couldn't make that one, right? Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, <laughs> that's a long sensitive story. Subject. <laughs> sensitive subject. <laughs> we kind of got screwed there, but it is yeah. what it is. I mean, we could have maybe pressed to make it a big deal and do official complaints and this and that. And I'm like, you know what, if I qualify for Tokyo, it's not going to come down to one tournament. So yeah, whatever it is, what it is. Essentially they were running Doha right when the pandemic was hitting, but it was hitting Italy harder. So the Italian players were the first ones to not be able to travel. And by the time Doha happened, 
you guys were the only ones who weren't allowed to travel. It was, well, it was us, right? whoever uh, was in Italy for the last 14 days. Like Samoyas Medins, they played, but in reality, they shouldn't be uh, able to because they were practicing with us. Oh. And J- Japan, they were like, they couldn't enter. China, Egypt, Iran. Yeah, there were like a, there were like six, seven, eight countries that had the travel restriction and they couldn't go in there to compete. So yeah, so now like it sounds like the current rule is nothing will count towards Olympics if not all the countries are allowed to play. But for Doha, they're still counting it even though some of the countries couldn't play. Oh yeah, I, I can still feel it. I can still feel it. You know where uh, the pain of that, but. Like I said, I'm I'm just glad that it it served as a as an experience or a lesson, and I yeah. I guess they did the right thing now to put the right regulations, you know. Because next year I feel like, and I'm saying that I'm saying that knowing that it's I'm I'm gonna need the finishes, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not fair if next year there's like a couple countries that can't compete. Like, what, what do you right. do, you know? Yeah, I don't know what you do. That's it's gonna be interesting. They're gonna sure. come up. They're gonna come up with something in case they can't uh, have like at least six, seven, eight tournaments next year. Right. Either lower the number of required tournaments, or they gotta do something. Right. For sure. Yeah, I was down in uh, in Florida like before, um, kind of everything was going crazy. And that was when uh, Nikolai and Lupo were down there, and so they ended up yeah. just staying in Florida oh, for a huh. lot longer because they were like, we yeah. can't really go back anywhere. So they just hung out with Phil and Nick for an extra like three or four weeks. <laughs> yeah, just crazy times. Really a crazy year, man. I feel yeah. like it started when, when Kobe, like the Kobe uh, thing when he died. Dude. That, that was the first major like, dude, this year is not going well. You know? Right. Dang. Yeah, that's true. I never even thought about that. It's been yeah. insane. And, and just like I was out at practice today, this morning, and, and like the whole beginning of practice, I'm just like, I don't know what I'm training for. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? We're trying to go. I feel, like it, I feel yeah. like it depends on where you are in, in your career, like, and, and, and what you need. You know, there are teams that are younger and they got to use the time to catch up. And there are people that need to work on their bodies more. There's, so it depends on where you're at, your career and the team and what it needs. And I think for us, um, I, I feel like we, I'll prepare, I'll, prefer to stay fresh mentally and stay in shape and all that. And when it really comes down to, okay, we're going to give it a nice go, then start just a full speed. You don't want to be, I, like, I didn't want to be training and being on the court being like exactly like your thought this morning. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm practicing really hard. I'm bringing all this intensity and, but then what, what, you know, if I'm going to cook, I, I want to eat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't want to cook and put that shit in the freezer you know right. <laughs> that's such a good analogy <laughs> yeah so what's uh so that's where i'm at yeah and say so yeah, what's this what's this year been looking like for you then just kind of staying fresh mentally without burning out like what have you been up to or what have you been able to do really uh well that i mean staying in the gym for once enjoying uh somewhat of a normal summer spending time with my girl, activating other parts of my game. I've been looking at a lot more video, especially even like I went back to like 2015, trying to compare my game 
where it was to how it is right now. What else? Uh, I've been watching a lot of women's game because uh, oh. I've been paying attention a lot with my, uh, my girl and her game. And so I've been trying to activate a lot of the, oh, you got to serve here and you got to do this. Yeah, now, I wouldn't say coaching, but it's actually one of the things that I discover, like how much passion I think I'll have whenever I'm, I'm done with my playing career as far as like giving back as far as helping i don't know either the younger generation or the the like i wouldn't like to to grab like a super good team i feel like i would like to grab a team that needs that that push to go to the next level i feel like i can yeah. i've trained my eye to to look for things like that I'm like good you got you gotta you need this you know for sure. so yeah other than that just traveling a little bit i went to ibiza to meet up with an old nice. friend and i uh -oh. coached him up for one week and Lived a good life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. That's it, man. Not much. Not much. We're in the same boat over here. I think me and Travis have just like, we're either like going hike or like camping or something in the mountains or I'm in the ocean or staying in shape. I mean, we, we were lucky, obviously, to have the AVPs, but it's crazy. It was like, what, 15 days? It all happened within 15 days. And but how cool was that, dude? I watched, I, I watched probably like every game live. Like yeah. I would like not make plans on the weekends just to watch you <laughs> That's guys. That's awesome. And yeah, man. It was we're, awesome. I mean, we're so grateful to have that. Just even that little bit. It was like, and to, to know that like everyone around the world was just like sitting there like, damn it, we don't get to play right now. Um, but it was, it was awesome. Even having no fans was like, we're playing volleyball and you know how competitive it is and like yeah, once so there's something on the line like i don't even oh, yeah. feel the crowd anyways when i'm playing and i'm yeah, super focused so. yeah and i like the mics uh yeah. by the net and stuff so you can hear some of the stuff yeah you would have been thriving in in that environment <laughs> you can see the mics too like you know where they are so then you know when oh, people yeah? can hear you and stuff you can direct your voice oh man it was pretty, it was pretty entertaining yeah, Casey was Casey was loving that. Um, oh yeah, that that tool. He was he was making some highlights there. Of course, he was he was definitely directing his voice towards the mic, <laughs> taking the, the path towards the pole. As he should, as he should. Yeah, for sure. That that's his game. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear. Uh, like, let's take it all the way back to the AVP days, or even before that. Like, can you talk a sec about like? Uh, you know, you don't have to go that in depth, but like where you started, like where did volleyball start for you? And then we can get into like AVP days. That's, that's when I first came out on the tour, actually. I think my, one of my first tournaments when I played with Jeff Carlson in a Cuervo, you and um, Goskowski took me out in um, really? Belmar Beach. Yeah. And you're just like running your mouth and all confident and all tricky. <laughs> Who the hell? I don't remember that game, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't anybody back then. But, uh, yeah, like, where did it all start? I guess it started when, when I moved to the States. I, was, I, I grew up in a, in a culture where it was soccer dominant. And that's all I did up until I was 14 when my family, for a better future, decided to move to the States. And that's kind of when the where the shocking began because looking back like 20 years ago, 
15 years ago, soccer in the States was like no big deal. You couldn't play anywhere. Yeah. And yeah, I was 14, 15 and like how volleyball chose me, it could have been any sport. I was just like a new country. I always loved sports and competing. So it could have been bowling, it could have been tennis, it could have been anything would have grabbed my attention at that point. Uh, so I lived close to the beach, found some courts, saw people playing, and I never played, I never touched volleyball before then. So I was 15 oh, wow. probably. And started, started slapping the ball around, four against four. And that was, that was it, yeah, I don't know. It was... Yeah. There was no cool story other than just, I need to do something sports related here. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to die. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny because Travis, obviously, he came from somewhere else, but he went to Florida. And wasn't that the first time you touched the volleyball as well, Travis? Yeah. yeah I moved to Florida when I was uh, 23 or 24. And then that was the first time. How old are you now? Up. 29. Okay. Yeah, so I, uh, I, I was kind of similar to you where I was just looking for something competitive. I was more looking for basketball because uh, that's what I grew up playing. And then, uh, like, all the – I mean, you know how Florida is where, like, a lot of the restaurants and bars are on the beach with beach courts there. And that's just, like, what people did. And so I just picked it up down there. And uh, I guess kind of like you where I was just like, all right, this is the one. Like, it, it kind of – Yeah. Calling me. For, for, it was not like – Oh my God, at the beginning, it was not about like, oh my God, I love this sport. At the beginning, yeah. it was, I just got my ass kicked. And <laughs> yeah. tomorrow, I'm going to try again to beat you. Like, yeah. that, that was it for me. It was all about uh, the competition, and, and, and that's what drove me, you know? And so, if that was it at first, when, it, when did you develop kind of a real passion for it, other than just having a passion for not getting your ass kicked? Yeah, I mean, the, the passion was that. I wanted to get good fast, and not to get too much into it, but I got kicked out of my house when I was 16. And once I got, I started getting better, I was like, okay, like there's not much I want to do. So if I want to make some money doing this, I better get good fast. So the passion, it was just more like, it was just more like surviving for me. I had, I knew I had to get good fast to have some sort of income. And yeah. that's when I really started like, putting in the hours and stuff like that without really knowing where I was going. Like, like I said, I didn't have this, this plan. Like at that age, you don't really have a plan. It's more like a, like a dream or a vision yeah. or, or, or you see stuff on TV and, and that's where you want to get to. But yeah, I took it one day at a time. Just, I tried to play it as much as I could. That was, that was the beginning right there. Yeah. Did you know that you could play professionally? Because like when I picked it up, I didn't know that beach volleyball was a professional sport at all. I didn't know that there was like any money to be made in it. Oh yeah. Like I'm the type of guy that I play I started playing some paddle here. You know, you know what okay. paddle is? Yeah. It's like yeah, the tennis, but smaller yeah. with the pickleball right? wall behind you. That's what we call it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I played one time, I got my ass kicked and the first thing I did is I, I YouTubed the like paddle for beginners and I just try to learn where to position myself, how to whatever, you know? So that's kind of what I did with beach volleyball. I started Googling things, YouTube. I remember it was like Todd Rogers playing with Sean Scott. That was kind of like the time where I started getting myself in into volleyball and 
I watched this clip of Emmanuel Ricardo against the Spaniards. What was it? Like, what Olympic was that? Athens? Emmanuel and yeah. Ricardo. Man, I don't know. That must have been Athens because in... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was Herrera and Bosma. Yeah, yeah. Finals. Yeah. Yeah, that so I knew that. it was an Olympic sport. I knew it was... It was a pro sport. I know that those people were making money. And... And I knew that they were tall, so that was like <laughs> that was the other thing that got like, and and that was what most people would say. Like all my friends, even like close friends, would like they advised me to stay away from this sport because yeah. I had left in their eyes. I left everything because of it. When it was not that, it was just like life has taken me like in you know in a lonely path as far as like things that I was doing. So they thought that I had picked up volleyball and that's all I wanted to do. And in reality, it was something else, but whatever. Did you, I never listened did you to them. Feel, you, yeah. Did you feel <laughs> like, do you get inspiration? Like one of those kind of people who kind of like, when people are kind of give you the vibe that they don't think you can do it, does that a lot of that inspiration come from that? Like that external um, energy, I guess? Or is it more like internal, yeah. you think? Yeah, it's it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Especially the the older I get, I guess, the more I find it more internal. Uh-huh. I think the younger I was and the more immature I was, the more that I used that type. Now I don't feel like I have to prove anybody wrong. When before it it, it was a fuel though. It, I had that chip on my shoulder up until I was twenty two, like I was a pain in the butt in the court, mm-hmm. and I will say stuff that it's like Damn, did I really say those stuff? Like, <laughs> even with my even in South Beach, my in Miami, like for a long time, just I was, I don't know about hated, but not a lot of people liked me, you know. Yeah, I mean, you don't like playing. you were putting pressure on people from like from all angles, like with your skills and like you know a different kind of serve, which is kind of like it. You turned it into like a legitimate weapon, but it's mostly a showboat sort of like, I'm just going to skyball you. You know, we used to do it only on match point. If we had a lead, we would do it, but you turned it into a real weapon. But yeah, I mean, you just put, from what I remember when I first came out, I was like, damn, this guy's like in your face. He's also hitting skyballs and then he's chopping you up and he's smaller. And I feel like I should be better because I'm tall and, you know, yeah, and, and I was fat, dude. I never worked out. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe a little just, overweight at that time. <laughs> I was overweight. I will go play semifinals and finals after mm-hmm. just drinking and partying the whole player party. Like, yeah. I'll be the last one to leave, uh, sleep three hours, <laughs> and go play a semifinal. And everybody knew about it. I will not warm up. I will still beat them. And letting them know I was going to beat them. (laughs) And so that whole combination, it was just, yeah, disaster. It seemed to work out pretty well. I mean, you you developed pretty quick uh, in South Florida. When did you uh, kind of begin to realize that this was something you could really do, like, for a living? I mean, now, or maybe, like, when did Olympics kind of enter your mind as, like, I could take this thing pretty far? I, was, I don't know. I think I was like 23, 24 is when I started feeling world tour ready. Like I was like, okay, I feel like I feel like I can play with these boys just because of the experience that I've had in the AVP, 
um, players like Nick and Phil and Rosie, they were always like push me and, and say, hey man, you gotta contact this guy, the Italian Federation, and try to get a hold of him. I think he can do well, and blah, blah, blah. So that caught my attention. And, and yeah, I, I wanna say 23, 24, maybe before, I don't know, I never doubted. Like yeah. once I got good, I never doubted that I could play at that level. I just wanted, yeah. I just needed an opportunity, I guess. Yeah. That's cool that, uh, that Nick, Phil and Rosie were kind of going to bat for you and saying like, you can do this. Those are three good guys to have pushing you. I think it was Phil that spoke with, uh, Paulao, the Brazilian coach that he's coaching the Grimal cousins right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Phil, uh, took Paulao to the side in one of the tournaments and, and said, Hey dude, there's this kid in the U S that has Italian passport. You got to check him out. And that kind of created the contact. Um, and, and so I emailed him or gave him a call and, and he said, okay, I need to check you out. And, and he asked me to do a tryout in Long Beach in 2014, whenever the, the world tour was there. Okay. So I met him there and I had this insane freaking tryout, dude. <laughs> I was like shitting my pants. <laughs> I knew about it for a month. I never played with a Mikasa. I was just like oh, staying yeah. in Stafford's. I was staying in Stafford's for that summer because in between tournaments, I was supposed to go back to Florida, but okay, I have this trial, so I'm going to stay in California, whatever. Yeah. And he gave me a date and a time. He said nine, like 10, 10 a.m. Saturday morning. I freaking showed up there with Raffle, you know, Puerto Rican Raffle. <laughs> nice. Love you know? Raffle. He was going to be my setter. I was like, bro, I'm going to do a trial. I'm going to get a good setter. I can't have one of these big boys bump setting this freaking no. stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I show up and, and he's like, Hey man, I got stuff to do. Uh, one of my teams is playing soon. So I can't do it. Let's do it at six in the afternoon. I was like, fuck dude, like I gotta stay here all day. Like I'm already super nervous, man. Like let's get this done. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm there like, you know how, you know how hot Long Beach was, right? It was, I was there yeah, all day yeah. with this in my mind. And then I see him show up with a with a bag of balls and Mateo Barnier, and we do this this crazy tryout, and it was, it was a go after that. What a, That's I'm curious. Fun. What is a beach volleyball tryout like? What do you got? What do you do? Dude, I had no I, I had no idea. All <laughs> I know is that I, I have this yellow blue ball that I never touched in my life. Yeah. And and he was it was crazy the way he spoke to me and how he looked at me and. So I got, he's like, okay, get loose, warm up. So I started peppering, you know, like I always do. And he's like, okay, he takes his, his sunglasses off and he goes, okay. And with this Brazilian accent, he goes, <laughs> he, he walks over to the other side of the court and he draws like a square with his, uh, with his foot, kind of by, by my sharp angle. You know, I play yeah. right side, he threw my sharp yeah. angle. He looks at me, he goes, I'm going to serve you four balls. And I want the four balls in that square right there. So he gave me a, a target, you know? And I was like, damn, all right. <laughs> so first pass of the Mikasa, I pass it perfect. He sets me like my little ball in the middle and I just hit it with, I don't know, I was, dude, I was jumping. I never, dude, it was the first time I saw the other side of the court while jumping. <laughs> it, was, it was Long Beach sand, but it must've been the adrenaline that dude, I was yeah. seeing, I saw the other side of the court, dude. I was like, what? 
and I hit it so clean and so good. And I was like, boom, the next one, I was like, I'm going to show him a little something else. And I did like the little extra rotation, you know, away yeah. from my body, boom, right in the, in the square. The other one, I would like side spin, boom, right. I hit like the four in the, in the, in the target. And then That's I was like, nice. oh, okay, okay. And then he goes, okay. He goes to my line shot, to my line hit. Is I got to do the same thing back to my line. And that's like my favorite ball. So I put four over there, right in the square. And then he does four hits towards my right that I had to defend and then do four high lines. And there was a, a guy waiting for it. And then I had to do four cut shots defense. And then I had to get up and hit it. Mm. So after that, he, he, he kind of started laughing because I, I did it. I don't want to say anything, but I did it like to perfection. Yeah. It was like I, I found this focus. Like I knew that was my chance. Like if the guy wants to see you there in Long Beach, it's not like it goes bad. And then you're like, oh, yeah, we'll talk about it later. No, either leave your impression right there and use that opportunity or just forget about it. Mm-hmm. So he kind of smiled. And after 25 minutes, he's like, okay, let's go talk. So after for 25 minutes, he already decided, okay, I want you. Let's, I'm going to go back to Italy. I'm going to try to organize everything and we'll fly you over. And two weeks later, Rangieri was like blowing me up on, on Messenger or whatever. Or awesome. he tried to contact me. It's a good 25 minutes, man. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. The build up to that and then fact that i was able to perform and, and 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 get my opportunity that was that was pretty cool yeah, yeah. 25 minutes to and Good to job. like know to understand like how much you got out of that and you're still getting out of that it's pretty insane yeah, yeah for sure that's clutch i'm wondering uh why did you choose to compete for italy because you grew up in uh uruguay right yeah my so my grandma is italian so okay second generation italian the minute the second you're born you have the rights to become italian citizen okay. so i've always had the, the dual passport okay got it that's cool i i, I was looking at it because I, I saw that you grew up in uruguay and then you lived in the u.s and then i didn't i didn't realize you had the the italian roots via grandma that's cool yeah did you spend a lot of time in italy growing up at all no zero no zero okay yeah <laughs> was yeah it, I, I actually, it? it was actually a tough beginning because once Paolo gave me the okay um, and they tried to register me as an Italian player, the FIB blocked me. Really? They say that I belong to the USAB, to the US uh, Federation. So there is like country of origin and then there is federation of origin. My federation of origin, which is my first registration as an athlete, as a volleyball player, was in the U.S. And since at that time, or even before, there were a lot of Brazilians flying to this, like they were moving to these countries and representing them. Like, I don't know, it was Qatar or Georgia. Mm -hmm. They try to block this by doing this. So they told me, yeah, you can play for Italy, but you have to transfer federations and wait two years. And I was like, what? This cannot be happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was it was a rough beginning. I had to like really fight that and, and prove my case. And it wasn't up until May of 2015 that they cleared me. They did this like special case 
where I had to transfer federations, but I could play right away. So that saved my life because I had already moved out of the U.S. And I did it. I just I went for it, you know. We will get you right back to our episode with Adrian Carambula, Mr. Skyball himself, which it is uh, such a, a pleasure to have this guy on the show. We've been uh, trying to get him on for a pretty long time, and uh, he's he's a busy dude over there in Italy, so we're super grateful for his time and super grateful that you guys are taking the time to listen to the show. You are what makes the show move on, so we appreciate you guys. And if you want to spread the word uh, about Sandcast, just tell a couple friends about it in the beach volleyball world. That is how the show spreads and moves on, so we would really appreciate it if you just shared this episode, dropped us a review on iTunes, whatever you can do to help spread it by word of mouth. That's the biggest help that we can get as hosts of the show. We would also, of course, love to thank all of our wonderful sponsors, beginning with Wilson Volleyball. They make the absolute best balls in the world. You can ask any player, including Adrian Carambula, who is a Wilson ambassador. And if you watch the video, you can see him decked out in Wilson stuff. Uh, you can use our discount code SANDCAST-20 to get 20% off all Wilson products. Again, that is SANDCAST-20 to get 20% off. So order up some balls. Uh, it's going to be a, a pretty long off season here coming up. So get a, a good bag of balls here to get your reps in, get you ready for the 2021 season, which will hopefully be full of events using the discount code SANDCAST-20. Last, uh, Try and I would love it if you guys bought a copy of Volleyball for Milkshakes. It is uh, a fictional account of Try's childhood over in Hawaii growing up on the courts of the Outrigger Canoe Club. And throughout the book, we drop in lessons that we have picked up from players on the podcast. It's designed for kind of a middle school, high school audience, you know, the Harry Potter, Chronicles of Narnia type, but... It's fit for all ages, so if you are an adult and just want a good read on beach volleyball, pick up a copy of Volleyball for Milkshakes today. Uh, you can find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and pretty much wherever books are sold. So without further ado, I will now get you back to the show with Adrian Carambula. I didn't realize that you were, you could be stuck in a federation even because you hadn't competed for the U.S., right? You just that was the craziest. That was the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. I never represented U.S. I was not a citizen, so how can I yeah. be blocked from competing from a country that I have a passport? You know, dude, it's yeah. crazy. I cannot believe how many loops or hoops you've had to jump through, like throughout your career, in so many different ways. This one was the craziest one because I don't want to get into this, but I had an overstay yeah. when I was 15 with my visa. So I knew that leaving the U.S., it was going to be tough right. to come back. I didn't have that much money in my pockets. Uh, the Italian Federation, basically, they were not giving a shit about me. They were not do, going the extra mile to fix my situation and I had already bought my ticket and I was like, dude, I can't, I can't leave in this condition. There's, there is no way. And, and I remember I will, I will go for a sunrise to, to the beach with my boy CJ, as you know, yep. and we will talk about life and this decision and this and that. And, and one day I, I, we got up and we were not saying anything, which we usually will talk for hours and drinking our mates and stuff. Yeah. And we were not saying anything. And I was like, Dude, I'm just gonna go. And he looked at me. He said, "Yeah, buddy." And he knew <laughs> it was. 
like that's all I needed to hear, you know. I was like, everybody was like, dude, you're crazy, you cannot leave. My parents were like, are you kidding me? No. I was like, you know what? If this can only work out if if I can just pack my back and just I go make it happen, you know. Yeah. So that was the that was the craziest obstacle that I not didn't have to overcome. I just had to have the courage to right to just go for it, you know. Yeah. What gave you the courage to make that decision? Because it seemed like there were a lot of things that were probably telling you this is not the best idea. And then you're like, you know, I'm doing it. Just knowing that I was ready. I knew that I was, I don't know if I was born to play volleyball, but I was born to play sports. Like I was given a gift. And I say that in, in a humble way. I, I, was, I knew I was given a gift that I had to use it. And yeah. I, in that uh, time of my life, I was, I was a lot into like, purpose and why am I here for and how can I contribute you know what I mean and and I had a feeling that if I make that move and and if it was going to go the way I I thought it was going to be there was I felt like there was going to be a before and after the sport when it comes to my passage through it you know yeah and when also go ahead try I I was going to say I bet also that year the year before, 2014, your rookie year was 15, right? Yeah. So you saw me go on the world tour the first year and get rookie of the year. You're like, if Tri can do this shit, I'm, <laughs> I'm, chasing I'm going. That. Rookie of the year, what? I- I'm chasing Mavericks. <laughs> you knew you could do that after I went out there for sure. Yeah, and then you guys right had a there. crazy season, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. I got lucky being uh, – getting pulled in with Hayden, but I mean, sh- next year, there you are, end of the season, rookie of the year. Yeah. And then that, that I, was the I, craziest I, thing. I, and I, to answer the question more directly, I, I, I left because I knew, I knew that I was ready. I knew yeah. that I can compete. And I was at an advantage because for like five, six years, I was studying everybody all those worlds were teams so i go in there nobody knows me yeah. but i really know them and i have a guy that i can really use to execute the, the strategies and just really really shock people you know and that's kind of what happened it took it took the world to like eight tournaments to figure out a little bit of how to play us right by that point that by that point we made some money and we got a lot of points and yeah. by yeah, but just one season, we basically just scored the ticket to to the real. You were fully on the on the map by then. What yeah. was the first, the first event? I want to say that I remember you like your coming out party was uh, Porridge, but maybe I'm wrong. Is that was that kind of Porridge was my was second party? second? Okay, Porridge was my second event. The first one was a week before in Moscow. Which Porridge was your second it, event period on the world tour. Yeah. Really? And you guys, didn't you get like a bronze or something? We got bronze, yeah. Yeah. That, that was sweet, yeah. <laughs> Fun bronze medal match, too, against uh, Numidor and Varenhorst, right? Yeah, and that tournament almost didn't happen. Let me, let me tell you a little story. So <laughs> I went through that. I went through that just to be able to play for Italy. Then I get here, and I'm practicing this, like, Olympic facility, uh, with, a, with another name because I was not registered as an Italian athlete, so I couldn't be there. So I was like, under my physio's name or something like that. 
Oh, that's why so, you're <laughs> That was another story. <laughs> I, we, can, we, can, we can go back to that one, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I get cleared to play in May, like the week before Moscow, dude. And the week before that, uh, Rangieri goes with Caminari and plays in Lucerne, uh, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And they win this, this Open because um, Brower Musen, they forfeit the finals. So and they ended up taking the gold medal. And so I, they, they fly back. And in practice, I see, I see coach, I see Paula with a fucking grumpy face. And I say, like, what's going on? But uh, pa, I used to call him Pa. And he goes, come here. So he shows me the email and the, the president of the federation told Paula that I was out of the, out of the project and that Rangieri needed to play with Caminari. And he tells me this and I'm like, look at him like, Dude, that's not good. Like, <laughs> yeah. So what's going on? And so he showed me, just to be transparent, he showed me the email. He goes, he basically put it, the project is for Rangieri and Carambula. And if this is not accepted, then I'm walking out of here. Wow. So that's why my relationship with Paulao and, and the fact that he, he stood up to that, you know what I mean? Because I was just completely fucked if that would have happened, you know? So I go to play in, in Moscow, I'm in like the last seat in the qualifier because I didn't have any points. And it was a, it was a grand slam. It was packed. Mm-hmm. And the first match would play Bokerman Flugen. And you know how much of a pain the that team was, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I knew those guys were good. I was like, all right, well, this is what I signed up for. Let's go. And we were like down in the third set, like 6-1. And I called timeout. And usually I'm like, very talkative. I'm like, okay, we gotta do this. I was just like in complete silence, just like, dude, if I don't, if we don't win this game, that's it for me, you know. So, and in fact, I still don't remember how we won that game. It's it's like it's like I went blank. We won like 16-14, and then we beat Argentina, and then we had like a really a really close match against Alison Bruno, and we ended up taking a 17. But and during that tournament, I kind of like landed on my quad and it had like a charlie horse like it was like almost like a strain i don't know what the heck it was so the the federation the italian federation was looking for an excuse to not send me to potage and pay my my travels and stuff like that because in their minds i had no chance of qualifying for the olympics so they didn't want to spend all this money and all these travels you know what i mean right. so i looked at this the, the, the team manager and i was like bro you you better book my flight otherwise i'm gonna i'm gonna take the bus i said something <laughs> like that in italian yeah and they, they flew me to that tournament, we qualified, and, and we, yeah, it was a crazy tournament in Portage. I'm sure you guys probably had no, no trouble getting travel after a bronze medal in a Grand Slam in your second tournament. <laughs> that was a crazy, that was a crazy event. From playing Ricardo Manuel and Doppler Horst, and then Krasilnikov and Semenov and Evandro Pedro, we played a lot of tough teams. That was a, that was a solid tournament. Let's say, like us. half the teams you played had at least one player who'd won a world championship. <laughs> yeah, like, Krasilnikov. I think. Did you play the the Dutch guys? Well, I guess you you didn't we, play. We played them. We played the semis against Brouwer Musen. We lost two okay. one, and then we we won the bronze against Numerdor Badenhorst. Okay, two one. And then who were in the finals of the world championship later that year? So there were no yeah. easy matches for you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we beat we beat Rosie we beat Rosie and Stafford 
out of out of uh, out of the pool play. Jeez. I was not losing that game. Sorry, Dude. Stafford. I was just like, <laughs> I'm gonna beat his ass up so bad. Yeah. You can't you can't lose uh, to an ex partner. No. No way. <laughs> he felt it. He felt he, he felt it. I was like, you know, like we talked about ways of attacking the team. Yeah. And we were usually like pretty buddy, buddy, buddy. Since warm-ups, I was just looking at him like, dude, I'm gonna yeah. serve you every single ball. Like yeah. he was trying to crack jokes to me and I was like not having it. I was just looking at him like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> you know? I'm kill you right now. <laughs> yeah. That had to have been a ton of pressure, those first two tournaments. I mean, how uh how do you go about navigating a situation like that where you know like if I don't perform, that's it. And everything that I just dropped my life for, I can't go back to. I mean, that's that's more than just a match, like a win or lose. Like, I mean, there's plenty of pressures in qualifiers, but that's a whole new level. Yeah, that's not that's, that's the most pressured I felt for sure. As far as like feeling it on my shoulders, like like I was like, all right. But that's when like preparation comes into play. You know, I, I just knew I was if you focus on that pressure, you're done. If you focus on feeling secure and prepared and you focus on I got to score 20, two times 21 before that other team. And that's all I was, that's all I was focusing. Cause I, I yeah. trained for that. Like I, I, I did that since I was a kid. For me, it was always about winner, uh, winning either with my cousins, my brother, my, the hood, the, every, every single thing, every single sport that I played, it was always about winning. So when you focus on competition, I feel like you block out a lot of that stuff that most people feel that for me, it's just like, just another day. Yeah. What else did you grow up playing? I know uh, it seemed like you were big into soccer. I know I saw pretty much every story that I saw written about you mentioned that you and Luis Suarez were teammates at one point. Um, yeah. What else did you play growing up? That was it. Just soccer. Pretty high level. Yeah, actually. like you can play tennis, but it, like in my country, like you got to have a lot of money to play those, those sports. So okay. soccer was like the cheapest thing and what everybody was doing and, yeah. and what I was. Yeah, I loved it. So. That's, that was it. I played some basketball just, just with friends, but that's, yeah. that's it. Do you think that, I mean, because if watching your game right now, like you and Enrico, uh, I think you guys have more creativity. I mean, you and Enrico, you and Alex, you and whoever you were playing with, you've always had the most creative offense um, and serving and defense and kind of whatever. Like creativity is kind of your signature touch. Do you think that growing up in soccer, which I think is probably one of the most creative sports, kind of opened your mind up? to some of the things that you're doing on the volleyball court? I don't think so. Okay. I think it was more of the time and the way I'm built and the fact that I had, I just had a lot more touches than the normal player. You know, like even here in Europe, you know, Europe is pretty good, but there's the style they play is because since they're 18, 19, they're, they're, they're stuck in this like structure with coaches yeah. telling them exactly what to do. So they don't have the time nor the touches to explore other parts of their game, something that can come from their nature or creativity or instinct. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had nobody telling me what to do until I was like 26 years old and I moved to Italy. So yeah, you put all that time and the, the, the gift that was given to me, which is to just manipulate that ball and, and I, I was able to, to create my identity, you know, I guess. 
Yeah, how yeah. much I was gonna say how much of it is like kind of that identity, but also the swag and the showmanship. Like I, I kind of love that part of it, the innovative creative side of it. And I gotta say, like it's probably like what you're talking about, being in the system too much and being scared to take chances. So like my game's not that as maybe fluid and creative as I'd like it to be. But I, I do feel like a little bit inside of me where I'm like, damn, I want to go play with Adrian and do some jump sets and like set here and run there and, and all that. How much of it's like you just love innovating and creating and you don't give a crap what, you know, if someone's, you make an error doing something that's different, you don't care what anybody else thinks, you know? Or so simplify, simplify that question real quick for me. Just <laughs> yeah, like make that. No, I just want to give like, an answer. How much of it was out of necessity? Like I'm built this way, so I have to create my game this way. And how much of it was, I want to, I love being creative. Like that makes the game fun to me. So the, the priority was, the main thing is because it was out of necessity. I knew I had to be different. I knew I had to hit my shots. Yeah. Like I, I understood real quick that there's a couple of ways to hit a line shot. I needed to hit it in a way that it doesn't get touched by the blocker. It doesn't get touched by the defender. Yeah. For me to be successful in the world tour or the AVP, I, you need to have a good line shot, you know, because everybody can hit. And but if you can, if, if you can have like two winners away from each other, so you can have a cut and a and a line mixed with yeah. a hard hit in the angle, you cannot play the sport right. at a high level. You have to spread the. Court. So you, you gotta have multiple winners away from from each. Especially sure, yeah. the, the, the especially the hit with the shot. You can't have a yes, you can if you're a big guy, but if you're if you're a little guy, you can't have a sharp angle that you do forty percent of the times and do a cut because you're putting the defender in the same side of the court in the same area for two yeah. of your winners. So you want to mix that up, right? So a lot of it was necessity. The other one is it's just what comes with it, you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people confuse it because like I get tagged on, on Instagram a lot because of the Skybo and doing this. So a lot of people, they do it because they want to be, they find this like cool thing about it. Totally. And that's why they can't, they, they don't get to the point to do it when it comes under pressure because they don't do it with the right purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. So, I, I, I fall into that category, but like, I mean, I kind of know better. I'm not going to do it in the game unless I've mastered it, which I haven't, but I want to do it. When I see the, crowd go i'm like i want i want to play to the crowd and do all this stuff but you're right so what's, I mean, it just what's holding work. you back what's holding you back well my sky ball is not that good except for you know that <laughs> that lefty i had in italy <laughs> was, we did like, we did like a back-to-back -back that was pretty sick yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can't believe it went in <laughs> you, you hit the line and i barely cleared the net it was super high it was it was, yeah. it was nice <laughs> yeah. that was a crazy match actually i mean just jumping all the way to that when I went and played left-handed, but we found out after the match that your partner was struggling. Like he was Dude, sick or something. Struggling. And we didn't know. He had or like, else we could've, he had like we could've... 40. He had like 40 fear, like for the day and a half before the tournament. Yeah. Like a really infection in the throat. He was like, we almost considered not playing the tournament. Uh, and I remember That's talking to you before that. We were sitting together and, and I was like, I'll talk to Adrian about like, what are the chances we draw each other? We didn't know yet. Right. You're like, you're yeah, really going to play left-handed? <laughs> I was like, kind of like telling you, like, 
yeah, I'm just going to play left-handed. Like, this hand's, like, not working, dude. Um, and you're like, all right, whatever. And then, sure enough, we draw you. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I was so ex- I was so excited. Not, not excited, but I was like, hell yeah, we play them. But then it's like that, that, that 10% that says, dude, it's like playing someone that's hurt. It's not easy because if they come out yeah. and they slide out left-handed six times in a row, you go into yeah. panic mode and it can yeah. turn into disaster. You know what I mean? So I was just like playing. It was hot and I was like, you know what? Let's just whoop this guy's real quick. And then Trevor tried to talk some, some, some smack. Like the very yeah. first ball of the game, I was like, wow, he just activated me. And that's not nice. <laughs> not the best idea. He could, he could be a little better in choosing times, but a lot of times he's just trying to get himself going. But sometimes I'm like, yeah. dude, let's uh, come talk to me. Don't talk to that guy. He loves it when you Yeah. Do. I learned that in my, when I was younger against uh, Sean and, and John. Oh, yeah. I was like, dude, like they whooped me so many times and I was such a retard. I kept trying to like get under their skin or like just stare him down after like a stupid cut shot or something. And I was like, yeah. nah, they never worked. <laughs> they, were, they were like a machine, those two. Yeah, super. I, I love that team. John is one of my favorite players. I, I'm, I think he's kind of retired overseas, so I can say it now. Yeah. But he's like one of my all time as far as how he looks, uh, views uh, the game, and he's mastered, I feel like, every aspect of the game, the technical, the mental, the physical, the strategic side of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, you guys uh, had some good the, battles. He's got the whole package. You, uh, you had some good, good battles with, with Try and John. Your match in, uh, was it Sochi? I think you guys had one there. Yeah, we oh, can yeah. go back to the ABP days. Like that yeah. year that they had, they did. Oh, it was a really good year for them. 2014. Me and Stafford yeah. played them and like three times that year. Yeah, and it was like 16, 14 every single time. <laughs> I remember you guys beat us in um, New Jersey and Manhattan. We got a seven. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Did you beat us in Manhattan? In Man- yeah, in Manhattan Open. One. But then we. What year was that? 2014. I have selective memory. <laughs> yeah. I was <laughs> Adrian, when um, you... Oh, no, yeah. It, it was good, really good battles, for sure. It was just... It was so crazy because John is one of those that... Like, we played you guys one time, and then I, I, I will remember what I chose, my, the shots that I chose to side out, and I knew that I had to, like, change it for the next match because I knew that he was going to take those those shots away so yep. it was such a crazy it was like one of those battles that it's just more than just pass set and side out like i knew it was all about him trying to stay ahead of the game when it came to what i was trying to do and me doing the same with him so, yeah dude that's exactly what i was thinking i think i told it to someone when i was playing because we played john three weeks in a row i think uh for the avps and every time i went i was like okay What's he going to do? Because he's always pulling case beer over and, like, telling himself, I'm like, all right, what was John telling me in that situation? And, like, yeah, he knows my game so well, and he sees what I'm doing. And so I got to, like, try to reverse that. And, like, it, it was a little more fun playing. I mean, because we came out on top, it was fun. But it's also more nerve-wracking when you know that he has, like, intention behind every point and there's, like, a purpose yeah. rather than a team just, like, throwing out numbers. For sure. Some, some – 
some viewers of if you're if you don't really know Johnny and the stuff that he does and why he does it, like you don't understand at the level that he thinks as far as like volleyball on a strategic side. You know, what I mean, yeah. he's 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 so high level and and I'm not I'm not there, but I I, I think I tend to think alike when it comes to how to attack a team. Mm-hmm. And it's it's crazy how he's done it. He's done it with everybody. He's played with so many. He's he's was successful like with a lot of partners, you know, on the tour. I know. I think I think he kind of gave me a false sense of confidence because, like, I was like, you know, it was easy when he knows he's so confident in what he's saying. I'm like, yep, I get it, and I almost like tricked myself into thinking that I came up with it because it like, yep, good idea. <laughs> I get that, you know. But then when yeah. I'm not on the same side of the court with him, I'm like, dude, my strategy game is like basic. Like I am yeah. starting from elementary and I, yeah. and I like totally took it for granted. Like how, how nice it was to have a partner that, that would give me stuff like that at, at all times. Especially so throughout the game. Cause that's, that, that was his, his thing. It's not like he was a genius, like pregame. I think he's a yeah. genius when it comes to like, okay, this is what's going on. He's really good at evaluating yeah. and, and, and solving the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, it's interesting how some players are built for that. Like, honestly, my mind's not that built for that kind of stuff, and I'm trying to get better at it. But, like, guys like you and Hayden, and you guys, like, get into the whole chess game of it, which makes me, like, I'm like, God damn it, they're thinking. It makes me, like, have to, like, heighten my senses and, and understand what's going on and not get into these rhythms. Um, but I agree. It's like, that's the fun part too. Like when you get into a match where it's turns into chess, it's not just like guys overpowering each other. That's like the lame kind of volleyball. It's yeah. With, with him, it's, it's crazy. Like, like I said, like he's, I never said it before, but he's for sure. Like one of my all time favorites, just as far as like watching and see how he moves from one point to another, how he sets it up. Oh, he lets you have something just to make you comfortable and then how he takes it away at yeah. the end of matches. That's it's really cool to see. That's actually interesting too. Like I remember learning that as my career went on because I would play ma- matches and then I would get to the end like 17 all with like really good teams and they would always beat me at the end. And I was like, what is happening here? And And then I realized later that guys save stuff to the end like they give you stuff give you stuff give you and they're just setting you up for those last two three points uh yeah. and then you're like you leave the court like how did i lose that game and, and then like, there's oh, that guy over there he's like i know exactly why i won that game. you know and <laughs> you're, that's you're saying game. i had him you're saying i had yeah. him right there so, and they're like no you didn't nah, no exactly didn't. yeah <laughs> i was just dangling <laughs> that's, <there. laughs> that's crazy it's crazy how experience plays a role though right because yeah like when it comes to like it also like I think what it takes to win a lot of those games is like is like knowing exactly who you are and what you can do according to the situation. Like who you have as a partner, what weapons do you have, what weapons you can pull out exactly at that time. Is it a serve? Is it a a, a late move with a block? You know, a lot of people don't don't stick with with what what they do well late in games. You know, they they feel like they got to do something extra and. And he always puts his partner in the best situation to to execute um, yeah. either a side out or a, or a defensive play. Yeah. What what other players uh, stand out to you in terms of like guys that you've wanted 
that you've watched and like wanted to learn from? Any anyone? Well, my uh, like from back in the day, or like like Conde Baracetti for me are like the best team ever, dude. I guess I wish there were like six. Who's you know that? Conde Baracetti from no. from Argentina. Oh, I've heard of them. So Baracetti is coaching uh, the Qatar team right now, Sharif and. Oh. Okay. Dude, when we hang up, like you gotta you gotta go check him out, Conde Baracetti, sure. and how they used to play. So they were super creative, and they were like the number one team in the world in 2000. Oh, and wow. it was like lefty. Conde was lefty like me, and Baracetti was like six four at the best. And they were having battles in the finals against Ricardo Emanuel. Mm. So I don't know. I think I took. I don't know if I took players. I I think I took like shots from different. Like I love like Ken Steffes shot line from the right side. Yeah. So I know I I put that in my game from the left. Huh. Um. I like that. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I took a little bit. I knew I was like, dude. I think in my game that shot would fit me. So I would kind of like try to put it in my game, but I I, I never were like, oh, I'm gonna. I knew I was I had to be different from the beginning. So in my mind, it was never like, oh, I want to be or I have to be like that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, right, right. If well, I you could use something, yeah, that's that. I, that I think is key when it comes to like building your game. I think that you have to look at players and see what they're doing, but why they're doing it. Why is it working? You know what I mean? Oh, like a guy that's really hits. He's not that tall, but he can really hit that that line. So. I would like really study why, like where did he yeah. pass, how he approached it, like you know all that stuff. Yeah, like but you, you love Haydn's game, but you didn't build your game to be like Haydn's. But you may have taken one or two no, things here. I, I appreciated it. I I, I yeah. still do. I appreciate the heck out of it, and just playing a ton against him. Like I, I, I kind of like, I not not copy, but it created a lot of awareness of yeah, yeah, there is yeah. this way of playing this game, you know, cause I, he was never the physical guy. He will never sit in the angle and run a line shot. You know what I mean? Just completely die for it, but he will play that behind the blocker kind of like last minute reading. Yeah. And so. I love it. Yeah. Is it fun for you to see, cause you were one of the first guys to really bring this, kind of fast shooty offense. I know you got you and Cantor and Losiak were kind of at the same time coming up running some really fun new stuff. Is it fun for you to see like you've kind of changed the dynamic in terms of how a lot of teams run their offenses? We've seen a lot of teams jump set and running quicks, back shoot, shoots. Do you look at it and you're like, I played a pretty big part in kind of changing the way this game is played. <laughs> yeah, in a way I see it. I see like I like we talked before the a little bit of the the before and after, especially the one thing that I did with Rangieri at the beginning that as soon as I saw this guy, I was like, dude, this is it. So as soon as people would like, just give me this lollipop float, I will tell them, don't go in to set me. Just as soon as they float me, go to your antenna and I'll give you this, like, I will open up this, this, this option. And for yeah. the first five tournaments, nobody knew how to stop this. Yeah. Because it was like a shoot set from a pass. And there was no option <laughs> because, because that guy right. was not jump setting and he was not jump setting. So for him, it was like, 
don't even look at me. Don't even think about setting it. You just use your feet and you just hit it straight as hard as you can. Yeah. And we took that, that was like, that with the Skyball was like the one thing that I think it was new to the world tour. Because out of every defense or, 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 or serve, I was just, just opening up the, the, the pass for him to hit, you know? Yeah. Was it, did, um, did, was there like any convincing needed for like the Italian Federation to kind of buy in? to the stuff that you wanted to run? Cause I know that you were like kind of new to the scene. They were sort of pushing for Marco to be in and you were doing a lot of unconventional things or were you just like, let me share my bronze medal from Porridge. There are politicians that don't understand anything about the game. Yeah. And I don't blame them because when I, when I first went for my first meeting of the, like right after my plane, I was like fat as hell. So I was like, <laughs> I, it was the first time I went back to Uruguay, like for like three weeks before going and I ate like this is like one part of my game that I'm still working on that I was really bad before I was just like you know what I'm just gonna like eat everything and I just gonna yeah when I get there I'm just gonna start working out and it's gonna be fine yeah dude I arrived with 94 kilos I'm like 85 right now so I was like nine kilos of not muscle it was just like pure (laughs) fat so I land from my plane and I go meet with this guy and see this short fat guy and I was like what's going on right now (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? So they had no idea. They never went to my practices. And so they went by what the coach told them. And after Potich, it was like the, the call, he put it on speaker. It was the president. We were in the hotel celebrating the, the, the president call. And I was like, hey, man, congratulations, the, the balls you had. But nobody told me this guy was a phenom. Those were his words in Italian. That's cool. And I was, it was on speaker. And I was like, this like behind the phone, I was just like, I stuck it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, seeing you on the world tour and you like all of a sudden started shredding up. I was like, whoa, like now I know he's serious because obviously you could play already, but then you started shredding up and I was like this, now he's the real deal for sure. Yeah. I, I never thought it could, it just gave me a whole lot more confidence, dude. It made me more aggressive. Like my, yeah. like my mindset changed. Mm-hmm. I started believing more. Because, yeah, I knew it was good. But then I was like, good. I, like, I want to win. I feel ready to compete for winning one of these big tournaments. You know? yeah. It gave me a whole, like mentally, it made me like a lot stronger. You know? Yeah, you had like the final weapon. It's in like, I mean, you had, you got Ringari, first of all, who is, one of the most physical players in the world at that point. So that must've been exciting, but then to like put it together for yourself too. And like, now I'm like a weapon as well. Is like I just had that hit. I had, I started having this hit that I never had before. I was hitting uh, it from off the net and I was like hitting people in the chest and I was like, all right, if they're playing with this like defense or running around, I'm just going to just aim right at your head and come with it, you know? Right. So I started having that and, and, and hitting after digging a ball and, and yeah, it, it changed, it changed my game. For sure. And there aren't uh, as, I mean, as, as you know, there, there aren't like a ton of blockers in Italy. I'm wondering how you found uh, Enrico. Cause I know after Alex, you had a, a kind of a tough year with uh, Gabriel Pasquale. And then I'm wondering yeah. where, uh, how Enrico ended up on the radar. I know he had played with Marco a little bit. He like already from 2014. He's been with uh, as a younger, kind of like under 22 or something. 
he was like in the federation already. But obviously, um, at the, at, at the last year with Rangieri was terrible. Terrible to the point that I just wanted to quit and not play. I went into some depression. I just, I had completely lost the love for the game. And, and I don't want to get into it because yeah, I feel like uh, to talk about it, I will have to like maybe like not speak so nicely about a person and he's not in this conversation. So I'd rather, I'd rather avoid this subject, but it was, it was really bad. It was a really bad year that I thought just, I don't have it. You know, I just, I was, I was just, just depressed and, and not wanting to continue. And then I met my new physical trainer and he, uh, he got me out of it. And I started just out of nothing. Like I didn't really have a tournament. I just started working out. I started working out and I got in like really good shape. And, and then I just gave it a shot with Gabriel Pasquale and he was an indoor guy and he was not ready. And then Nico was an option, but I was like, I was like, no, man, like, I don't feel I had, this is one I like, I don't want to say it was a mistake. It was a mistake, but maybe not because it gave Enrico uh, an extra year of experience because he, he did play that, that season with Caminati and, and he got more uh, world tour experience and a, a bit of success. So he was able to grow as a, as a player. And we didn't have that coach. We didn't have the coach that we have now, uh, Marco Salustri. And, and he's the one that said, dude, you guys, if you guys want to be successful, you guys have to play like this. When I was looking at Rossi at the beginning, I was like, how am I going to play with this guy? He's been playing this high ball. Like, I never thought that Enrico could play this style. So yeah. that was my mistake, I guess. I didn't, I didn't identify the the type of player that he was on my own so was he pretty open-minded to it like super right super open-minded and as soon as i saw that he could play and i was like bro if we can do this dude we can also do this and then we can do that and it's like check this yeah. out so yeah. the three of us we just started like saying okay we do this if they take this away we have to do that and it was just like super open-minded dude we haven't had in a fight in like two years of playing together it's one of those relationships on the court, like, and he's pretty smart. He knows I'm not worrying about him, and or and, and on the court, like, he's yeah. he's pretty good with pressure and communicates well. So, looks like I forgot you your question. What was what was your question again? Like, the I was really just wondering kind of how you found Enrico, how you guys ended up. He was together. the only option. He was yeah. the only option. It's good, uh, good to option to have. <laughs> it seems yeah. it worked out. Yeah. But I think like when you're open-minded, like you're, you were, you know, you're the veteran and you understand what works and what doesn't, but you're also willing to change your system. Like you, you played to Rengeri when you had him and then you were willing to play to Enrico and he, he was willing to play to you. So, I mean, that's kind of a recipe for success and you're kind of going to make it work either way if you have that mindset rather than some people are like, this is my game, it's worked, and this is how we're going to run it, and I'm not yeah. going to change. And, yeah, but I think – and also, like, credit to that is, is that's why it's important to have the right coach yeah, because yeah, I, could, yeah. I, I wasn't doing that on my own. I, no. I, there was no way I would have, like, brought – like, I would have brought, brought this up with Enrico. I was like, dude, we have to play like that. So 
it was the yeah. right coaching that showed us the way and then being experienced players and open-minded then we took it to another level because i played i i qualified in the avp with with matt henderson and he's like my height so i used to play all this fast stuff yeah 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 out of necessity you know mm-hmm. so and he's six four and i'm a fucking midget so <laughs> you can't you can't play straight up like it's like if you go into a boxing match against mayweather like you can't go mano mano with him you gotta freaking grab a chair and just, just <laughs> you know just jump him right that's kind of how i look at volleyball like i cannot beat this team head to head i have to play a little bit different and, and find another door you know yeah i think the, the first time i watched you and enrico play was was sydney was that your first tournament together yeah. okay so I remember watching you guys, and, and it looked like you were just having – because you mentioned that like volleyball was not a ton of fun your last year with Alex. It looked like you were just having fun with Enrico, and, and easy to have fun when you're winning like that, but I think it's also easy to win when you're having fun like that too. Was that like part of the recipe that you think has kind of brought you guys back to being a pretty damn good team again? Yeah, we only had like a month of preparation. That's all we had. We went, we said, like, okay, let's do it. And we went to Rio for a month. And that's all we had. So it was, it was that, the fact that I was like, because I know when I'm like, like before Sydney, I was like, I was talking to my coach and, I was, and he was like, what do you think? I was like, to be honest with you, I, I think we're going to be hard to beat. I don't see many teams there beating us. That's how confident I was. And... I was so happy because a lot of people didn't know what happened in my last year with Rangieri. And they were like, oh, they figure, they figure Adrian out or he, he's not that good or this and that. And I was like, I kept hearing all this stuff. And when we started training and I saw how we were practicing and when I got my body to the point where I was like, okay, uh, let's go now. You know what I mean? So all these people that were talking, like, let's go now, you know? So... That was a fun year last year. Yeah. Dude, when you went to Sydney and I watched, I want to say you played Hayden and Doherty, right? Were they together? Oh, we destroyed Dude, them. You were making Doherty dance at the neck because you were going so far pin to pin and back and forth. And his feet are so slow. He's just like. <laughs> it was, uh, oh, he, he's, he's built perfect for our game. Yeah. Like when we're like, it was like a quarterfinal match. And I was like, okay, we're playing Hayden, but. Hayden is going to be out of this equation. Like, he's not even going to touch the ball. Yeah. We're going to play two against one against Darty, and we're just going to cancel out Hayden. And he was he – had, he had no part in the game. He couldn't, yeah. he couldn't do – he couldn't do anything. We oh, just sided out, sided out, sided out. I was laughing because I, I know Hayden's dialogue, and I was, like, reading his body language, and I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is hilarious. <laughs> I knew I had him because – he started talking shit to me in the middle of the game. Like, okay. I, I can't fully remember. Like, that's not his game at all. Yeah. Yeah. But he was just, like, so, like, it was just, like, with the white flag. And he was just, like, yeah. maybe, like, trying to have fun with it. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just loving it because him and, Sh- and Sean, they beat me so many times. And I was yeah. like, it's about time I give him a beat down, yeah. you know? Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> Love it. Um, and we don't want to keep you too long. We know it's kind of late out there. But I wanted to ask, actually, as the plane flies over, um, I've always wanted to go do a training camp in Brazil. Like, what's it like doing a training camp down there? with? Because you were probably with Bruno uh, Evandro at that time. How was the training yeah, camp? Yeah, no, no, that time was like Evandro and Vitor. 
And then it was like Guto Simon. Who else did we practice? Then the Austrians came for like two weeks. Kantor Losiak, the so French guys. There, huh? we, were, we did a month that it was like, I've never done a month like that of like competition. It was like sparring those guys and the next day going solo to work on and tweak everything that we wanted to tweak. Yeah. We tweaked them and then we would go the next day and compete against them. And it was just a month full of that and it paid off, man. You, you consider uh, doing that again? We did it this year before season. Oh, oh you keep, yeah. Dude, I'd, I'd love to like get down there, meet you guys down there because Jose's been talking about it because obviously he's got the connections. I mean, you can't, you can't beat those beaches and the lifestyle. And I just like that Brazilian style. Like you go, you go compete against Bruno Evandro and they have like six people and their staff and yeah. they're all like shagging balls and they have surfboards and they have all this stuff. And I was like, what is this, dude? Their coach's like, box is in a box. It's yeah, a and they have, like, one guy for topspin serves, and then they have one little guy that floats the ball really good. And I was like, yeah. what is this? Yeah, it's insane. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, will I, for, I will for sure do it. I mean, I love Jose. I love the uh, – I love having the, the coach's box, like, on, on the – or, like, mic'd up because I was oh, able yeah. to listen to how – and that's my type of coach. That's it. He doesn't look at it as a as a technical side of things. He's more like a he tries to get to the player and and deliver yeah. a message in an emotional way. Yeah, and and that's what I like too. So. Yeah, it's good to have it's good to have a coach that's been there before, been in our shoes. So when he talks about it, it's like you listen, you know, and you trust. Him. And it fits. I don't know if he can deliver that message with a European right. team, for example. Yeah. But you guys are built to receive that type of information right. the way he wants to deliver it, you know? Yeah. So it fits pretty good. And I think we're going to play each other in the King of the Court, right? We're in the same pool? Oh, are yeah, you guys going? Right. Well, no, they haven't. We're By the time this episode comes out, we'll know. So um, look it up. What are you guys? But, so, you guys so they're think? waiting to see if we can, um, if we get permission to come in. Like Brazilians, Chile, uh, Chile Oh, shit. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a done deal? No, it's not a done deal. Oh, wow. We're still waiting, and our, it's like two weeks away. <laughs> like, when we got to leave. Because they released the pools already. I thought it was like, okay. It's, actually, I thought about it. It's like, why is U.S. going? Like, I thought they couldn't enter Europe or something, you know? Dude, they, I mean, they said they think they can get it. Like, they're confident they can get us in, but they still need the government to give the okay, like, a, almost like a working visa, like a one-time trip gotcha but uh yeah i don't know if king of the court wants everyone to know that but that's <laughs> that's the case yeah i never played that format is it fun it's, it looks fun right oh um, bro it's so fun you're gonna love it, it it's it's really fun. and like a little bit different strategy it's like it's it's awesome and to play you, you you're gonna be the clock, out. the clock killer you're gonna be the clock killer right that's her <laughs> <laughs> four or five seconds yeah it's not exactly. good for me actually right it's not good because that means well it that depends guy. on the situation if you have points then you want to then you want to burn the clock if you don't yes. then you're gonna go quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm not gonna tell you the strategies good call there everybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh it's gonna be fun and, and i'd be stoked to see you out there for sure yeah it'll be fun all masked up 
Yeah. Well, you got your hand round. No? You got your hand. Yeah, around. yeah, exactly. Now it's even. Fair game. Tre- Trevor doesn't <laughs> need to, to, to push for any, you know, try Trevor to get himself fired up. Trevor was way too hard when we played each other. He was burning out so quick when we played each other. I was like, oh, no. One second. Pick it Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Adrian, we appreciate the time, man. I know that uh, you said you denied a lot of requests uh, during quarantine, so we appreciate you coming on uh, for yeah, the I show. Felt, I feel comfy. Thank you, guys. Good. Good to hear. <laughs> um, well, you guys, uh, I'll be looking forward to watching you guys play King of the Court. Try, hopefully, you can get in over there. Yeah, exactly. But either way, we'll That'll be, be watching sweet. for sure. Yeah, maybe we'll do, like, bring your mic. We'll do, like, a live thing with, like couple players that'll yeah. be fun yeah that's an idea let's go perfect <laughs> sounds All good right, boys yeah. adrian appreciate it again Shoot. appreciate you guys yeah, bro. take it easy peace